plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success birds, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Partners, welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are, 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. And we're coming to you on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. We want you to be the stars of your own lives because you are already the writer, producer, director of your life. So why not star in your own movie? The miracle moment for today. Today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. Visit the website, bethestaryouare.org, and also btsya.org for those of you who just like letters and making it easy. This is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. The truest test of civilization is not the census, it's not the size of cities or crops, but it's the kind of people the country turns out. So, yes, we have to think positive about turning out positive, fabulous, wonderful people. Well, I was just um, reading an article that was, oh, well, it's actually, a, a few, I don't know, a month old or something that was in Kiplinger's. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. It was like a goodbye to Sears and Roebuck. And it really kind of hit a chord with me. But in segment two, we'll be talking about how we have to stop overscheduling our children and giving them just, you know, time to be kids and play and kick balls or cans or climb trees or do whatever it is that kids want to do because we want to get over that overscheduling trap. We'll also hear the chapter on longevity from my new book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating the Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, because we all want to have a long, happy life. And so there are some really uh, great, simple tips. So there's like about 20 of them, if I can get to all of them, that are going to help us all live to a ripe old age. So... I was reading this, uh, this editorial, actually, by Mark Solheim, who is the editor of Kiplinger, and it was called A Tribute to Sears, and it really, really hit home for me because even though in the last few years, I, I don't, you know, I haven't frequented Sears, but when I was a little girl growing up on the farm, we didn't have any stores that were close by to where we lived. There was like one dress shop that was super expensive, or at least to our family, it was super expensive. So it was prohibitive for us to ever buy anything there. And other than that, uh, you know, outside of the farm stores where we got feed for the animals, the only thing we would get in the mail uh, was the Sears catalog. And it would come like once a year around uh, Christmas time. And that became like 
we just would fight over who got to look at it. I I had to sew all my, most of my own clothes as um, as a kid and as a teenager, so I would actually look to the styles that were in the Sears catalog because didn't have any of those fancy magazines, you know, like Seventeen or Vogue or any of that. But we did have the Sears catalog. So the fact that Sears is going out of business after over a hundred and something hundred and hundred and something years, uh, really hit me. So I just was going to read this. This is a tribute to Sears. It was in Kiplinger's magazine. And I just thought, yes, this really is something that we have to talk about. So what Mark wrote is, he said, as I write this column in mid-October, the financial world is dealing with a hard and a bad case of the jitters. The stock market's on a roller coaster ride. Inflation is heating up. Mortgage rates are close to five. And now Sears has filed for bankruptcy. The latest blow to the once ubiquitous retailer isn't a surprise. And it isn't adding fuel to already combustible markets. But the news hit me hard. For much of its 125-year history, Sears was woven into the fabric of America's culture and communities. The store reflected the best qualities of Middle America practicality, reliability, and authenticity. Luxury and status were not part of its mission. It represented value. And I just want to insert here as a side note, that's exactly the words. It really was for middle America. It really was uh, just part of our culture. So he goes on to say, when I was growing up in the 1960s and 70s, Sears was my family's go-to store. My father's workbench was stocked with Craftsman tools. We had a Craftsman lawnmower in the garage. We bought Ken Moore uh, dishwashers and washers and dryers, diehard car batteries and silver tone televisions. And for years, dad worked one or two weekday evenings and Saturdays at Sears to supplement our income. His favorite gig was selling shoes. And of course, there were the catalogs. I spent hours there with the catalogs leading up to the holiday, paging through Christmas wish books. And as recently as 2002, Sears sold four out of every 10 major appliance in the United States. My wife and I have a noisy workhorse Kenmore refrigerator that's at least two decades old. And I'm not sure if it's exact age because we inherited it when we bought our house. And our neighborhood is dotted with Sears kit homes built in the 1920s and the 1930s. I want to just insert here before I continue reading what Mark wrote. That just rang so true for me as well on the farm. We had my my dad's tools in in um, in his. what, you know, his tool shop, he had a tool shed, actually, and the tools were craftsmen. We had the craftsman lawnmower and my mom's washer and dryer, which literally worked for over 40 years without anybody having to come out to fix it. They were all those Kenmore. The same thing with refrigerators, the same thing with batteries. So I really resonated with what he was talking about. It was when you had some, uh, an appliance that you need, you usually called or you went into Sears. And for us, we just looked in the catalog and bought Sears. Now, getting back to the article, a tribute to Sears. He said that Sears was a financial innovator. Besides creating iconic brands, Still, Sears, the company, introduced its customers to shopping on credit 
1906. That's something I didn't know. And they launched the Discover card in 1985. Another thing I didn't know. Sears also created Allstate Insurance in 1931. I didn't know that. And it also added Dean Witter Reynolds Stock Brokerage and Coldwell Banker Real Estate Firms to its corporate holdings. Something else I never knew. Sears even partnered with IBM to create Prodigy, the dial-up online service. I totally remember that. Does anybody else remember Prodigy? We never had it because I was a little bit behind the times, but I didn't know that 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 Sears was the innovator there. And then in the 1990s, Kiplinger staffers answered investing questions on the Prodigy message boards. So the initial public offering of Sears in 1906 was the first major retail IPO in America. So bearing one of the coveted single letter stock symbols, S, It traded on the New York Stock Exchange until Sears merged with Kmart. And then in 2005, Sprint bought the symbol S after the new Sears holdings started trading on the NASDAQ as SHLD. Now, during its heyday, employee benefits included pensions and company shares in its profit-sharing program. It had a 110-story Chicago headquarters, which the Sears building, it was the tallest building in the world when it was completed in 1974, and that is in Chicago. If anybody has visited Chicago, you'd see the Sears Tower. Now, Sears' trouble started with the rise of Walmart and Home Depot and the other big box retailers. Its decline accelerated when Amazon made online shopping a viable alternative. For more than a decade, Sears has been run by a hedge fund manager who sold off valuable brands and more than a 1,000 stores while debts just piled up. And some 700 stores are still open. But then... um, they're, they're all going to be closed very soon. So on the Monday morning after the bankruptcy announcement, a few colleagues and I, that's Mark speaking, reminisced about our shared Sears experiences. All the great appliances we bought, the new tires for our cars, the clothes for our kids, the family portraits at the in-store photo studios. And we couldn't think of any other retailer that meant so much to each of us. So I thought that was just such a great tribute to Sears and everything he talked about because I remember when my kids were young that's where we went to go get our Christmas pictures was to the Sears Portrait Center I do also remember they had baby contests and um, Heather Brittany actually won a baby contest at Sears when she was she was a baby so I also find it very sad that this iconic brand has gone and, um, you know, has had to file for bankruptcy. So it seems that so many of the things that we thought, you know, had true longevity have finally reached the end of their life. So we say farewell to Sears, but I just want to say a shout out and say thank you to Sears for being there when I was a kid, for being there for my family, and being there when I had a young family because the value that they offered was really important. And I do also think about even um, prom dresses and, you know, the kind of those fancy things when you couldn't afford something else, 
Sears was always there. So they had a great run. It was a great saw, uh, store uh, for Middle America. And farewell and Godspeed, but thank you to Sears. You really did do a great job. So I'm Cynthia Bryan. I, that was from the um, December Kiplinger's a Personal Finance magazine and this was from the editor Mark Solheim and it was called A Tribute to Sears. When we come back from break we will be talking about how to stop keeping your kids so busy because it's like never before how kids are just so ramped up that they don't even have time to be children. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Coming to you on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, where we hope to catapult you to the stars. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan. I am your empowerment architect, and I am always so happy to be here to give you some little coaching if you want it or bring you some advice of things that hopefully will help your life be much better. You know, is your child too busy? Do you have a real frenzied schedule of extracurricular activities? Because let me tell you, it can backfire on you, and we're going to discuss what you might be able to do about that, because actually more than a decade after the American Academy of Pediatrics issued this warning about the decline of unstructured playtime and the impact of overscheduling um, and how that can have a really detrimental impact on development, 
instead of parents heeding the call to let their kids be kids, uh, U.S. kids are actually busier than ever. In fact, 60%, that's 60% of children ages 6 to 17, participate in at least one sport, a lesson, a club, and among higher income families, about 11% do all three and sometimes multiples And that's according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Now, add that to tutoring or standardized test preparation, increasing homework loads, and more hours spent in the car rushing between all that activities. Kids have about 9 to 12 hours less free time weekly than they did a few decades ago. And while extracurricular activities really can offer some enrichment and a healthy alternative to that, you know, too much screen time, overdoing it, which is a trend that we are seeing uh, in America today, and again, especially among more affluent families, it can leave kids feeling stress, sleep deprived, and lacking actual critical life lessons. So when your mom and dad are always arranging things for a child or for you, a kid doesn't learn how to arrange things for themselves. And when you have highly skilled high school athletes who have never organized a neighborhood pickup game, you're kind of in in trouble. So one recent study of 76-year, well, there's 70 they're only six-year-olds. So there was a study of six-year-olds, and they did, there were 70 kids that were six-year-olds that were in this study, and it was published in the journal Frontiers in Psychology. They found that more time children spent on structured activities, they, the worse they actually did on measures of self-directed executive function. Now, other research has suggested that a frenzied grade school schedule actually leads to burnout. And 70% of youth sports that that kids participate in, there was a dropout rate by age 13 that was really, really high. And that was according to a survey of 1,000 Americans. And that was because the kids just burnt out. So 70% of youth sport participants dropped out by age 13. Now, today we're kind of living in a pressure cooker life, right? The schedule contributes to the soaring rates of drug and alcohol use, to depression among teens, and it also changes the family dynamics. Parenting is being reduced to time management, where you spend all your time talking about the next activity and no time, you know, just chilling together, making dinner together, talking about life, or even just, you know, playing or throwing at some hoops or taking a walk around the block or whatever it is. So the question becomes, how much is too much scheduling? And according to the specialists, it really depends on the kids, obviously, because some kids have a huge appetite for extracurricular activities, while others just really want to sit and read, or they want downtime, you know, or they just kind of want to daydream, and that daydream isn't good. So the key is to listen to your child. Parents get absolutely so convinced of the value of all these extracurricular activities 
that are being offered that sometimes they don't hear what their kids are saying. So if the kids are struggling to get homework done or if they look tired or they're consistently complaining about going to practice, consider that a real red flag and really take a hard look at your own life and then what you can do. And I, you know, I know this from coaching kids for so long. I remember... Um, a few kids who would come to an acting coaching session after school, say at four o'clock, but those kids had been up at 4 a.m. to go to early um, ice skating practice for two hours before they had school. Then they would have school all day. Then they would come to uh, acting class, um, and it usually would be a private, a private uh, session for maybe two hours of acting, maybe from four to six, then they might be able to have dinner and then they would have a singing lesson or something like that. It was like so, so overscheduled for the kids. And I would relate this to the parents because the kids still would have homework. So these poor kids just had no downtime. And sometimes that was really, really stressful for them. So Uh, What polls are showing about 40% of parents spend more than five hours weekly driving their kids from activity to activity. And of those 40%, a third of those spend more than 10 hours driving. So, you know, we have to remember that as parents, it's our life as well. And so if you're just pushing your kids too much, then uh, what's happening is you are actually taking time out of your own life, and that could be a real issue as well. So there are four tips from uh, Dr. Michael Thompson, and he has a few ideas about how to avoid the overscheduling trap. So uh, Dr. Michael Thompson, um, he is the author of the book, The Pressured Child, So here are some of his uh, thoughts. Number one, be realistic. Don't raise your child with the college admissions committee in mind. In reality, only 1% of athletes get sports scholarships, and many colleges value having one gift or a passion rather than a long list of hobbies. Now, with that, talking about preschool, when my kids were in preschool, and it was a co-op preschool, I was actually on the board of directors of a preschool. And what I found time and again was just exactly what he said, that parents were treating this preschool, which had three and four-year-olds and some five-year-olds in it, as if this was a college admissions. And they were just so adamant about the activities and the uh, strengths of the courses that had to be added. And I was all about, hey, preschool should be fun. It should just be about what kids wanted to do. So, you know, it's happened. This has been going on for quite some time, and it's still going on. So it's really a time to look back as parents and to reflect about how can we limit the time for kids? How can we give them some, some free time? Another big one today, especially with all the videos and the phones and the iPads and the computers, is to limit screen time. If kids replace extracurricular activities with just electronic devices, that is creating more problems because kids already are on the screen so much. So what Dr. Thompson is recommending is one to two hours maximum 
per day for elementary schoolers, uh, and that would be of screen time. Now, scheduling idle time, maybe what we have to do is actively plan time for screen-free reading, for going hiking, for going outside to play, for some art projects, for just time with family, or just daydreaming. You know, I think a fun activity is, you know, preparing dinner together. That is a good one to do. And eating, getting to that, eating dinner together, sitting down to eat together provides a time to de-stress and to catch up. Studies have shown for years and years that kids who eat meals with their families routinely have higher academic achievements and higher scores and lower behavioral problems because sometimes you can catch these issues when they are at the dinner table. So really think about that. Now, maybe your child is having problems with grades, and that's what you want to talk about at dinner. But maybe what they're most concerned about is not being able to hang out with their friends. So we just need to focus on what matters most to the kids and discuss that. Because you might have to modulate you know, the time, and that's an important thing to do. So limit the screen time. Limit, really, really limit the time that you are scheduling uh, your kid. And maybe it's time to just talk to your kid about what is the most important thing that they want to do. What extracurricular activity means the most to them? Do they want an acting class? Do they want a singing class? Do they want to be on debate team? Do they want to volunteer with a charity? You know, um, the kids that are on Express Yourself, this is an extracurricular for them. They are radio hosts and reporters learning how to be reporters and how to write scripts and how to be present and to, to have an interview on the radio. So that is an extracurricular activity, and it takes up time. So if that's one thing, just, again, discuss with your child what is going to be the most important thing for them, and then limit that to, you know, um, an hour or two hours in a day, and then the rest, please, just give them some free time. Well, it's time for us to take another break. So when we do come back from break, we will be talking about longevity. So the next segment is really going to be for all of us to help us live a longer, happier, more in-tune, passionate life. So this is, um, this is going to be a good one for you. But you know what? Before I go to the break, I want to um, read you my favorite poem that I have posted here in my office, and I actually have it in all of my books, and it's called Don't Quit. So I'm going to read that to you quickly because before I go to the break, because I think this is something that we can all just resonate with, especially as we start off our goals and dreams for the year. So it's called Don't Quit. We don't know whoever wrote it, and most of you probably already know it, but it's, it is something that we need to, um, to remember. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. 
Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. So don't give up, though the post and the pace seem slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you just can't tell how close you are. It may seem near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worst that you must not quit. So that is a strong message from Be The Star You Are and from me, Cynthia Bryan, is just keep on going when things get tough because the important thing is that we keep trying and keep going because you can't fail if you continue to work towards the a positive outcome. And just remember, failure is fertilizer. So just throw it on the compost pile. So I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. You are listening to the Voice American Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And I will be back after the business bite with longevity. Don't go away. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to increase innovation? Creativity thrives in a company when management encourages people to express ideas. To stimulate motivation, invite faculty members from local universities to speak about the frontiers of knowledge in their respective fields. Sponsor seminars and classes that will spark ideas in the minds of your team. Send employees to conferences and encourage them to attend industry association meetings. When people are tuned into what's happening beyond the scope of their company's policies, innovation soars and new opportunities and solutions to problems will occur. By growing the minds of your people, you will grow your company. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-788. Two seven. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business. Well, in this segment of Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with me, your empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, I have decided I'm going to read to you a couple of chapters from our new book, Be the Star You Are Millennials to Boomers Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. We really love this book. We have 31 stellar contributors to the book. 
and uh, it has been really selling like, you know, hotcakes. So I thought maybe two chapters that meant a lot to me might just spark some interest for you. And these are both chapters that I have written in the book. Now, you can get this book at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash online hyphen store or just read more about it at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books. In fact, all of the eight books that I have written and a couple of those books are like one of them's in the 14th uh, edition. So I don't know if that means I have written 22 books. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if 14 editions, if they count as separate books or not. But in any case, there are eight different books there and you can check them out. But this is a chapter called The Gift of Longevity, which I really feel is important for all of us as we start a new year to really believe that we are going to live long, healthy lives and that we work towards that. So The Gift of Longevity from the book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. In the same week that I was recovering from a serious case of mumps, five children in the United States, including myself, were diagnosed with a severe swelling of the brain known as encephalitis. Four died within 14 days. Miraculously, I was the only survivor. And ever since, I've had great respect for the fragility of life. In fact, I plan on living to 108. Now, before antibiotics and vaccinations were discovered and implemented, 50% of children died before they were five from many of the killer diseases, including measles, mumps, chickenpox, polio, whooping cough, and malnutrition. In developing countries, these illnesses are still a major problem. And for those children who are not immunized, it is a major, major problem. Being a child is a risky business. Life expectancy has changed dramatically since the time of the Roman Empire, when the average lifespan was 22 to 25 years. In 1900, the world average was 30, while in America, a male could expect to live to 46.3 and a female to 48.3. Fast forward 100 years to millennials born in the year 2000, where the average man is expected to live to 75 and the average woman to age 80. Add a dozen and a half more years and a baby born in 2018 has the potential to live to 150 or more. Wow. So what has changed to make the pages of science fiction a reality? One of the main reasons we can expect to live longer is because we didn't die young. Improvements in science, medicine, hygiene, nutrition, public health awareness, sanitation, clean water, and safety precautions in the workplace have all contributed to the longevity revolution. In first world countries where ample food supply is the norm, Lifestyle choices have improved with the dissemination of scientific information. Listing ingredients on packaging, washing hands, getting annual checkups, and an emphasis on preventative medicine as well as an attitude of positive mindfulness have assisted in upping the aging ante. According to statistics gathered from the United Nations for the period of 2005 to 2010, The world's highest life expectancy is found in Japan. 
Until westernized customs hit Okinawa, it was considered the mecca of low mortality, with more centenarians than anywhere else on the globe. There were 42 per 100,000 people versus 10 per 100,000 residents in industrialized countries. Interestingly, 86% of the centenarians are women. Now, what characteristics set them apart from the rest of the world's population? The Okinawa Centenarian Study found that Okinawan elders are laid back. They're easygoing, they're adaptable, and they're optimistic. They rely on strong family and friend connections, plus deep deep spiritual beliefs. They also follow a low-calorie diet of fish, vegetables, pork, and small amounts of rice, and they eat as Confucius instructed. Eat not until you are full, but until you are eight parts out of ten full. In other words, 80% satiated. But if you don't live in Japan or in an area designated as longevity uh, blue zone, what can you do to increase your odds of living to 80, 90, or 100? Well, as long as you don't get run over by a bus, killed in a bizarre accident, or become a victim of a terrorist attack, here are 20 things that everyone can do to increase the odds of living until old age. Number one. Sleep seven to nine hours every night. Two, decrease usage of medications and drugs. Three, drink more coffee, green tea, and plenty of water. Four, eliminate sugar. Five, load up on fresh vegetables and fruit. Six, bathe your senses in nature. Seven, exercise. Eight, Volunteer with a nonprofit and help someone else. Nine, discover your purpose, your passion, and find positivity. Ten, adopt a pet. Eleven, wear sunscreen and limit sun exposure. Twelve, attend a religious service or believe in a higher power. Thirteen, spend more time socializing with friends and family. 14, read and learn new skills regularly. 15, check in with your physician. 16, moderate your alcohol intake. 17, laugh often. Those belly laughs count. 18, stay married or faithful to a lifelong partner. 19, invest and save money for a rainy day. And 20, enjoy your vacations and your playtimes. Now, there are no guarantees in life except the truism of death and taxes, but embracing a healthy lifestyle filled with love, laughter, hobbies, recreation, friends, and family decreases the cellular deterioration leading to premature aging that is caused by stress. So we have to let go of regrets. Begin to live today with the hand you're dealt, and what cards you play are up to you. So this is the exercise I wrote. It's called Live Like You Are Dying. From the moment we are born until the day we take our last breath on this planet, we are in the process of dying. Our genetics account for just 25% of our potential to live a long, full life. The other 75% is up to us to implement. So if you need a roadmap to guide you to old age, 
Get out your pen or your keyboard and start taking inventory of your daily habits. Review the 20 tips that I just gave you and elaborate on what you are doing to increase your odds of longevity. Are you getting the right amount of vitamins D? Are you over or under eating? Do you get your adequate Z's? When was your last physical? Have you had a flu shot this year? Is daily reading part of your routine? Are you working too many hours? Is stress your normal mode? Do you pray? Do you walk in nature? Do you appreciate the beauty around you? Remember that your work is not life. Time is precious. The clock is ticking. And I do grant you permission to pause, to pamper, and to play. Don't be afraid that your life will end. Be afraid that it will never begin. And I wish you a long, healthy life. And I look forward to blowing out candles on my 108th birthday. So I hope to see you there. So Abraham Lincoln leaves you with this quote. And in the end, it's not the years in your life that counts. It's the life in your years. So again, you can pick up a copy of Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books. So you can check out all the books there. And now just to piggyback on that thought that I was talking about that would be for uh, nature This is the gift of nature, and it really is one of my favorite chapters, and I I hope that you will take this to heart. So why are we not listening? Mother Nature has been giving us plenty of warning signs of the dangers to come if humans don't alter their habits, yet it seems that our ears are plugged. Climate change is happening, and many people choose to look the other way. Are we in denial about our shifting weather patterns? Over the past few decades, our Earth has experienced unprecedented disasters, causing major loss of lives and billions of dollars in damage. Hurricanes, tsunamis, cyclones, tornadoes, mudslides, floods, fires, volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, typhoons, blizzards, droughts, heat waves, all these things, torrential rainstorms, pestilence, and avalanches. They have all taken their toll. And despite the relief efforts of governments and organizations, displacement, disease, homelessness, famine, loss of hope, and death follow in the footsteps of these natural catastrophes. And as an aside, before I continue reading this chapter, I just want to let you know that Be The Star You Are is continuously working on Operation Disaster Relief. And you can make a donation to Operation Disaster Relief by going to the website at bethestarur.org or btsya.org because we at Be The Star You Are are uh, sending resources to these different places that have suffered catastrophic losses and have lost um, lives as well. So it is time to wake up and realize that humans are not in charge of the universe. Glaciers are melting. Sea levels are rising. Global surface temperatures are growing increasingly warmer every year. The scientific consensus on climate change stands firm. We are in trouble. In advancing the science of climate change released by the United States Research Council, it is obvious, and I'm going to say this in quotes, 
The climate is changing, and these changes are in large part due to human activities. While much remains to be learned, the core phenomena, scientific questions, and hypotheses have been examined thoroughly and have stood firm in the face of serious scientific debate and careful evaluation of alternative explanations. The National Academy of Science of the United States of America agrees that climate change, and this is in quotes, is largely irreversible, in quotes. So humans may not be totally responsible for global warming. However, we have to do our part to take action now. And how can we slow that process? For starters, we can begin by appreciating the gift of nature and the power that nature possesses. As a farmer and a gardener, I have always been acutely aware that no matter how much I attempt to harness the strength of nature through human endeavors, Mother Nature is always in charge. If my crops are plentiful, one heavy rain before harvest time could destroy a year's worth of effort. A gathering of gophers or a herd of hungry deer could eradicate an entire rose garden within days. A swarm of aphids will demolish a vegetable patch, sucking the vitality out of every plant. An extended drought kills livestock and it kills plants. My farm is just a pin mark on the world map, but it illustrates the importance of listening to nature and being ready to flow with the river. A term that is thrown around consistently is living an organic and natural lifestyle. Well, to be organic, crops need to be grown with fewer or no insecticides, no pesticides, no synthetic fertilizers, no genetically modified substances. Animals must be fed organic feed using all that same criteria for growing the food and raised without antibiotics or drugs. Food marked as, quote, organic cannot contain any artificial coloring, no flavoring, no preservatives or other chemical ingredients. But many people confuse natural with organic and they are vastly different because there are no federal regulations surrounding slapping the word natural on packaging. To live in the natural world is to listen to the rhythm of the seasons and live according to the calls of nature. We must embrace economic and social sustainability if we are to survive as a species. We must encourage biological diversity and organic principles and create a smaller carbon footprint. It is time to be truly green by recycling, repurposing, reusing, and reducing if we are to prevent the depletion of our resources. We have to stop greenwashing and believe in the viability and the durability of our planet. Healthier communities will spur economic growth when greenhouse gases and emissions are eliminated. By establishing wildlife habitats, protecting our national parks and our open spaces, and growing as much of our own food as possible, we have to eliminate waste, we have to become energy efficient, we have to make certain that our water supply isn't contaminated by industrial and agricultural pollutants, and we have to curtail building in areas that are or will be prone to calamity. So we that way we can take a first step towards sustainability 
and living in concert with nature. The choices each individual makes every day are, are going to be important and they contribute to the health or the sickness of the earth. One of the most important things we can do for ourselves and for our children is to bring nature into our daily routines. And throughout evolutionary history, humans lived in harmony with nature. But unfortunately today, in our technological speedy world, yesterday is too late mode. Most of our hours are spent indoors instead of outdoors. We are plugged in and we are tuned out. To combat this growing behavior in Japan in the 1990s, the Japanese Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries coined a term, shinrin-yoku, which translates to forest bathing. Now, that practice is rightfully gaining popularity in the United States because walking in nature with no particular destination or goal has been found to be good medicine. And whether you're tromping through a jungle or or just strolling through a city park or meandering in a wooded, tree-filled location, all of this is good for you. Forest bathing reminds me of two famous quotes by two very renowned naturalists. Henry David Thoreau wrote, In wilderness is the preservation of the world. And John Muir instructed, In every walk with nature, one receives far more than what he seeks. So by engaging all of the senses of sound, taste, smell, touch, and sight, connecting with the natural environment will reduce stress. It will lower our blood pressure. It will declutter our mind, and it'll lead to a deep feeling of relaxation. No one knows for certain what Mother Nature has planned for us. And no one knows what Mother Nature has planned for the human race in the next century. Last year, the 70-mile-wide, 2,500-mile-long path of totality that the eclipse traced for 90 minutes from the West Coast to the Atlantic Ocean brought a calm and camaraderie to the nation as citizens across the continent donned special glasses. They saw the majesty and the beauty of this rare occurrence. And they shared it as a community and as a country. The eclipse was an opportunity to feel the splendor and the grandeur of the universe with total acknowledgement of our soul, of our little planet, how small it is in this galaxy. And not long after this peaceful happening in North America, the Caribbean and Mexico were bombarded with three deadly hurricanes. There were scorching wildflowers and there was an apocalyptic earthquake. Day zero in Cape Town, South Africa was approaching as an unprecedented drought, unchecked water consumption threatened a doomsday without HTO. So water-wise living is the new norm as our planet surface heats up. Nature has always been and will always be in charge. So we need to fully participate in helping maintain her order. We, as humans, must be the change today if we are to go coexist with a natural world tomorrow and if we are going to live on this planet tomorrow. So stop, look, listen. Mother Nature comes bearing noble gifts. Are we ready? Are we willing to receive them? Are we ready to make the necessary alterations for survival? The planet that we save will be our own. 
And as William Wordsworth said, let nature be our teacher. And there are a few ways that you can incorporate this into your life. Power your home with solar or wind. Plant a garden in a pot or a plot. Compost and eliminate waste. Buy energy-efficient appliances. Get up, get out, and smell the roses. Walk in nature daily. Reduce water consumption. Advocate for clean air and water. Encourage your kids to enjoy the words and go out into the woods. Do a digital detox, unplug, go outside to marvel at nature's majesty. Study nature, love nature, adopt the pace of nature. And then most of all, contact your politicians and tell them that you care about climate change. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for tuning in every Wednesday right here on Star Style. Be the star you are coming to you on the Voice American Network, the Empowerment Channel. For more information, you can visit StarStyleRadio.com to see who we have coming up. For uh, information on make a donation to the charity, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. And for any information on any of the books, and especially Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Gifts in a Changing Digital World, or Growing with the Goddess Gardener, visit CynthiaBryan.com. And until we celebrate next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You've been listening to Star Style. I thank you and encourage you. Be the star you are. Go out into nature and make this a fabulous year. You have a choice. You have the power. Thanks for joining me. been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you are.org ignite the flame that burns brightly within take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect cynthia bryan every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern time right here on the voice america empowerment channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style until we celebrate together next week be the star you are